This episode is brought to you by Ruby and Ice, the Ruby Conference in the Snow. Ruby and Ice will take place on the weekend between February 22nd and February 24th at Lake Tegernsee, Germany. Set against the backdrop of the beautiful Bavarian Alps, Ruby on Ice welcomes Rubyists from all over the world to have fun in the snow and talk about the future of Ruby, Rails, and software development. Expect great talks from speakers like Eileen Uchatel from GitHub, Ben Wadelos from Truffle Ruby, and Kinsey Anzurum from DigitalOcean. I myself will be speaking remotely and participating in a live Q&A. Plenty of great food will be included in your conference ticket. On Saturday afternoon, choose between outdoor activities like sledding or hiking, or stay inside for technical workshops. For tickets and more information about the program, visit rubyonice.com. Use the code 5x5 before January 31st to receive a 10% discount on your ticket. Remember, code 5x5 before January 31st. You're listening to episode 256 of the Ruby on Rails podcast, and I'm your host, Brittany Martin. As you know, by day, I work at the Pittsburgh Cultural Trust, but by night, I've been consulting with a really neat startup in Pittsburgh called Shine Registry. Today's podcast will be a bit different since while the app is built on Rails, I brought on the businesswoman behind the mission, Emily Wozlak. Emily is the co-founder and CEO of Shine Registry, a startup that's working on reshaping tradition to increase gender equity and entrepreneurship. She moved to Pittsburgh in 2016 to attend graduate school at Carnegie Mellon, and started Shine Registry while working on her master's degree. While she's currently based in Pittsburgh, she's originally from New York City and spent several years working in political advocacy and public policy in Washington, D.C. Welcome to the show, Emily. It's so great to have you. And so I normally start this off by asking developers what their developer origin story is. But for you, I would love to hear your entrepreneurship origin story. Sure. Um, so I, it was a few years ago now that I had this idea that I had a gut feeling about. And um, I think over the course of just sitting with it, this thought like, well, why shouldn't I try to make a company out of this? Um, what happened was uh, a friend of mine was getting married while another friend was starting a company. And for the friend who was getting married, we had all these traditions to fall back on between her engagement party, her bridal shower, her bachelorette party, uh, and then ultimately her wedding. Um, but for the friend who was starting a company, we didn't have any traditions to fall back on to show her that we supported her, that we cared about what she was doing. Um, and so this idea about, like, well, how do we take these traditions uh, and repurpose them so that we're celebrating folks for their professional accomplishments the same way that we show up and support them for personal life milestones uh, is something that uh, stuck with me. And so thought about it for a while, talked to a lot of people about it, uh, and ultimately just kind of dove in um, with resources that I was able to find in Pittsburgh. So. That's that's the <laughs> that's the abridged version, maybe. <laughs> no, that's great. And have you had a history of entrepreneurship in your past? I know that you worked in public policy and political advocacy in D.C. Did you see others doing those kinds of things? Did you notice a movement when you moved to Pittsburgh around entrepreneurship? Well, when I was living in D.C., I was I was working in, uh, first as a political organizer. Um, I worked on the Obama campaign in 2012, and then later uh, did some work in government policy offices. Um, And I think, you know, there was a lot of interest from folks and a lot of conversation around, like, what does it mean to explore uh, change through uh, social innovation? Um, And I think, like, that word started 
coming around a lot more or so that vocabulary started getting introduced to me then. Um, I started to meet more people who were looking to affect change in the way that we were thinking about in government, but doing it through a social entrepreneurship lens. Um, and so when I got to grad school, I, I was able to take some more coursework around that, meet other folks who were doing it. Um, I guess to answer your question, like I specifically never really started anything other than, you know, clubs on campus and I was really involved in, in getting things off the ground that way. Um, but by getting more involved with, uh, with folks who are in the social innovation space, um, specifically like through fellowships and, and through grad school, uh, that, that was definitely like, I think what I can point to to say is my entry point. Great. So um, I know that you do this quite often where you're out there and basically advocating for your startup. You're pitching to, um, to venture capitalists. You're pitching to potential employees, potential people to use the site. So I would love to get a just a clear pitch of what Shine Registry is. Yeah, so we are a platform for female entrepreneurs to ask for the things they need in the style of a wedding registry. So the idea is you can ask for a gravy boat when you're getting married. You should be able to ask for office supplies, for social media engagement, for volunteer support, um, and other types of support when you're starting your company. And all the things that I just listed are things that have been fulfilled on the site, uh, both by folks who are just interested in the concept generally and, and people who fall into the friends and family category um, who, like me at one point, uh, we're, we're looking for ways to show our friends that we care about them, that we support them, and that we can show up for them when, when they really need it. So Ruby popularity as a programming language is partly because it's easy to learn and it's flexible. As a result, um, our, as our listeners know, developers can spend more time working on the application fundamentals and really spend less time worrying about the code underneath the application. And so Ruby on Rails has really become an ideal framework for startups. So can you talk a little bit about the technical evolution of Shine Registry? Sure. And so you're familiar with this. But <laughs> but, <I> <laughs> so our platform is built on Ruby. Um, a lot of that is because uh, myself and my co-founder, Ashley, neither of us have uh, coding backgrounds. And so we've been working with a little bit of a rotating cast of folks who have come in at different times um, and helped us build aspects of it. Uh, we were really fortunate to get some initial pre-seed funding from Carnegie Mellon's incubator program, which helped us hire uh, a developer to work on the site initially. Um, and I think, you know, one of the reasons we we felt good about working with Ruby is because we knew there were so many developer programs um, and schools uh, and folks who were, who were picking it up. Um, and so it, it never felt like we would have, it always felt like there was going to be someone who would understand what was going on, uh, if that makes sense. Because um, it, it does feel like it's, it's popular enough and it was compatible enough with a lot of the functionality that we were looking for. So at one point, I believe Shine Registry was written in an entirely different framework. So who did you consult with in order to decide that Ruby on Rails would be a good fit for Shine Registry? So we were lucky in that we started Shine Artistry out of Carnegie Mellon's incubator program, uh, which is called Project Olympus. Um, they support student and faculty-led startups that are coming out of Carnegie Mellon. So we had access to a lot of folks who've done a lot of different <laughs> types of companies, types of platforms, um, with really varying levels of technical expertise. Um, 
So a lot of it was just trying to have as many conversations as possible with folks from uh, who had much stronger computer science backgrounds. Well, I don't have a computer science background, so people who did have computer science backgrounds. Um, and, and, and yeah, I mean, that it was, it's been an ongoing conversation, I think, at times, particularly since, you know, um, uh, we've worked with uh, more than one person over the course of the past year. Um, but I'm, you know, continuing to feel confident that we made the right choice um, in, in doing that. So as a non-technical founder, what has been your experience with recruiting technical talent? Yeah, I think it's, it's, it can be challenging. Um, there are a few things that come into play uh, throughout that process. I mean, I think recruiting in general in startups is probably one of the more challenging aspects of building a company um, because there are so many things to account for, be it work style or mission alignment or a million other things that can can make someone a good or a bad fit for uh, any sort of relationship, let alone a really close working relationship on a, on a young company. Um, when it comes to recruiting for technical talent, I think we've, I think I've learned a lot about, you know, being upfront if there are certain unknowns um, and really trying to focus on finding people who are action-oriented and confident in the work that they do um, and who have portfolios that that speak to that ability as well um, that there's still you know a lot to be said about uh, how much someone can learn on the job but frankly like in startups there's not as much infrastructure to support a lot of that learning at times um, especially as a non-technical founder I'm not as able to coach someone through technical problems on our site as a technical founder might be. Um, so I think, you know, one of the things that I put a lot more emphasis on is, is trying to find people who are coming in with more experience and uh, more confidence in that experience than maybe other companies might, might look for. When I started speaking with you about possibly consulting with Shine Registry, one of my favorite things about speaking with you is that you were really trying to read the reaction for me based on the different features you envisioned for the application. So if mm -hmm. I got really excited about something, you kind of knew that it was going to be a good fit. So um, I really enjoyed that. You, you definitely have a clear understanding that one developer isn't going to be a catch-all and that a developer is going to have certain strong suits to them. And so just trying to make sure that you have that right fit for where Shine Registry is currently just makes a lot of sense. And um, I, it's really been helpful to have a product management background when working with you just because, um, as our listeners probably know, I have a product management background before I learned how to code because I definitely hit that decision point like you did. I wanted to be involved in startups and... When I moved out to San Francisco, I just learned very quickly it was going to be hard to do that without having a technical background. That's definitely changing, which is great. I, I feel that startups are way more accessible for a lot more people. Um, but uh, it, it's always great working with you because if I have a technical issue and something where I need to have a decision made, I, uh, I have that experience in being able to say it to you in a business value sense instead of just throwing a bunch of code at you and saying, what do you think? <laughs> so it's been a good partnership in that way. 
because this is you a definitely nice need a translator. <laughs> yes, definitely behind the scenes for sure. And there are definitely times where I have sent you code snippets before and I've been able to walk you through what I'm talking about. But um, I definitely think that when you're working with an early stage startup as a developer, you need to have some of those business, uh, those business concepts down as well. And, you know, as someone who used to be non-technical, you know, I feel that a full stack developer is someone who understands both the business and technical sides of things. Hmm. Yeah. And I, and I think communication really becomes such a big part of it. I mean, you talked a little bit about some things you've noticed about talking with me. I think I can, I, I, I could, uh, echo a variation of that, which is that I think I, I can tell when, or I, I feel very comfortable telling you if if there's a certain aspect of the technical development of the site that I am unsure of or don't understand like the process or decisions points that you're making. Um, and I've really enjoyed the way that you've been able to break down like the step-by-step both this is how much time this this aspect of it's going to take, this is the implication for doing something this way and, and being able to, I think, lay that out in very plain English is something that not everyone I've worked with <laughs> has been able to do. And so I'm very appreciative of that as well. Yeah, that definitely comes from experience. And it really comes from the years that I spent in my career before I knew how to code. So listeners, if you are a bootcamp graduate or someone who got into development later in life, always consider that you might have that as a strong point that you know how to talk to a wide variety of people. So we're going to take a quick break and have a word from our sponsor. Support for the Ruby on Rails podcast from, comes from OneMonth.com. Did you know that 50% of the best paying jobs call for the ability to code? OneMonth.com is the absolute best place to learn how to code in just one month. Their courses have helped over 60,000 students going from knowing zero about coding to building programs in languages like Python, Ruby, and JavaScript. OneMonth.com graduates have gone on to get jobs at prestigious startups like Airbnb, Instagram, and Spotify. OneMonth.com's courses are easy to follow with step-by-step video tutorials, instructor-led with weekly assignments reviewed by your instructor, results-driven with each student graduating the course with a portfolio of projects to show prospective employers as well as a certificate of completion. OneMonth provided me an account so I could take a peek at their one-month Ruby course. As a former bootcamp instructor, I was impressed with the mixture of video, audio, and text resources to help you on the right path. Are you interested in taking your career to the next level? For a limited time, head to onemonth.com slash rubyonrails to get 10% off any coding course. Again, that's onemonth.com rubyonrails to get 10% off any coding course. Link will be in the show notes. A big thank you to onemonth.com for supporting the Ruby on Rails podcast and online education. All right, Emily, back to you. So let's talk about the evolution of Shine Registry for the future. In an ideal world, where would you like to see Shine Registry in three years? So I think one of the things that's really core to the why of, of, of the work that we're doing with Shine Registry is we really want to make people feel like they can bring an idea into the world and be supported in that process. Um, a lot of the things that we talk about with like why female founders and, and why Shine Registry is built in the way that it is, it, it all it goes back a lot to, well, women are starting companies at nearly twice the rate as a national average, but um, are not receiving the same amount of funding. Often, uh, often the support at the friends and family level is also much lower than it is for male entrepreneurs. Um, and I think 
you know, there's a lot to be said about, um, or a lot has been said about, about what that, why that is and, and why these numbers continue to remain so low. Um, but I think by reframing a tradition that is really common and very familiar to a lot of people, um, people can really explain, expand their definition of what it means to show up for people. And communities can expand what it means to support the success of the people that they care about. Um, so in three years, you know, we want to see a lot more people using the site. We want to see uh, folks able to use it, uh, maybe not just for startups, but also for promotions and, and other, you know, professional milestones that they're experiencing. Uh, and for there to be an ease of use um, that you know makes shine artistry uh, a new introduction into what it means to to raise support on the internet so how can our listeners follow you and shine registry well we're all over social media so <laughs> so instagram facebook and twitter uh if there's a new hip social media platform that i don't know about it um but uh we're not on snapchat that's maybe where we're going to draw the line for now. Um, but Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all at Shine Registry, one word. Um, folks can also feel free to reach out to me directly if they're interested in getting involved with the work that we're doing. Um, Brittany, you're amazing. Love working with you. Kristen, who we also work with, amazing. Love working with her. Uh, but we are, you know, hoping to grow and, and looking to build a, a strong team around that. So if anything that you've heard today resonates or you're curious about it, uh, people can feel free to reach out at, to info at shineregistry.com. Uh, and you can also use that if you're interested in creating a profile uh, on our site. And you can join more than 70 female founders who, who are already using it today. Yes. And please, listeners, if you are building a site in Ruby on Rails, building your female-led business, please definitely tweet at us. Let Shine Registry know. We're going to be super excited to have you onto the platform. We're always looking for feedback and just really excited to see the platform grow. You know, it just is always exciting to see Ruby on Rails help um, expedite a startup's growth. So it's so great what you're doing. And so if, um, if one of our listeners is interested in getting personally involved, Emily, um, is there a different way that they should contact you? Do you have a preferred method? Uh, email is great, info at shineregistry.com. But honestly, like if you just DM us on Instagram, that's fine too. <laughs> any, uh, any, any, any route is acceptable. <laughs> Awesome. And I can personally vouch for the Instagram account. Emily does a really wonderful job. So <laughs> the Instagram Thanks. follow alone, you will be grateful. Definitely will link that into the show notes, listeners. So <laughs> thank you so much for joining me on the show today, Emily. Uh, listeners, I'll be taking a one-week break, and we'll be back the following week with a new episode. Thanks again for listening. Mm-hmm.